Speaking of conferences, so they were called conventions back in the day. Who was around that long ago where conferences were called conventions? Yes. And I think I was just a little girl, maybe like a 10 or 11 year old. And I would take notes like in the little notebook, right? Uh, Anyone got those, keep them, you know, you keep them forever because it's kind of like, oh, I can't throw it out. It's notes from preachers. Like, what do you do? Throw it in the bin? Oh my gosh. Anyway, I used to take notes and um, there I was in my probably matching blouse and um, A-frame skirt that we used to wear, you know, no Nike cool skinny jeans back in the day, but probably a patterned um, outfit. And this one preacher, I remember going to Sydney with my parents and listening to this preacher. And all he literally said the whole time was, I have a father and he knows me. And he said it over and over so much that I wrote it down on my notes. I have a father and he knows me times 16. That was my like, that was my whole message notes. Because <laughs> that's literally all he said or all that I could remember that he was saying. And, and, and really it stuck with me. Like I can still remember it like decades later. Okay, since I was 11 years old, it's nearly like 40 years. So uh, I can remember him preaching on that. And we do have a father and he does know us and he knows you and he cares about you. And the Bible's full of scriptures that explain how much he thinks about you. Like more than the sands on the seashore, he thinks about you. Isn't that incredible? Like if you stop and think how many grains of sand in the whole world, he thinks about you. Good thoughts. Okay, not like bad thoughts, good thoughts. And he knows the number of hairs on your head, more some than others. You, you, Dan, no, I didn't say that, Dan. You just like, you resonated. <laughs> it's not, okay, I won't look. No. But the fact that he knows that, he knows the number of hairs. Like he's interested in us, even though there's billions of people in the world and there has been and there will be, he knows that about you. We have a father and he knows us. And so we're deep diving into this series on our father in heaven. Who heard that message from last week that John introduced that series and uh, incredibly started unpacking our Father in Heaven? Who remembers uh, the Lord's Prayer? I learned it in the King James Version. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Who knows it? Forgive us our, the, our debtors as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. So this is the Lord's Prayer. So our Father in heaven. We're a family, okay? We are. Have a look around. Pretty good looking family. Yes, nice. We have a Father in heaven who loves us, who knows us. And he wants, you know, there's, this is what John was unpacking last week when he preached about the prodigal son. And it's in, uh, it's in Matthew. I wanted to just refer to it, Matthew 6, because it's worth reading again. It's a prodigal that Jesus told this story. And John even referred to it as uh, the prodigal of the amazing father, actually, because we talk about the prodigal son, but it's like the father who embraced the son who'd left and basically denounced his family and the father who received him back and embraced him and was passionate about him. And this is what he talked about. Uh, 
the parable of the loving father, the passionate uh, embrace of the father, the extravagant forgiveness. And this is the nature of God. Listen, I just want to say, who's a dad? Who's a dad? Give us a wave if you're a dad. Yeah, we've got some awesome dads in this place. Look at you. Amazing. Amazing. Because, you know, we can hear stories about God and being a loving father. And today we're unpacking a bit more about experiences that we've had with our fathers and where there has been some wounds or some scars or some pain, some hurts. And even as we hear that, you can start questioning, oh, what sort of a dad am I? Oh, what like what are my kids going to need therapy for? You know, it's just like, oh. What are they going to be sitting on the couch, you know, talking about in years' time? And you can sort of like go, ah, oh, I'm not doing everything right or haven't done everything right. And I just want to tell you today, you're doing well. Like dads, you're doing well and you have done well and you tried hard. And I want to thank you for the prayers that you've prayed for your children and the love that you've given to them and the, gener- and the, and the provision and the hard work that you've done. And, you know, there can be sometimes there can be this uh, guilt and this that turns into shame and condemnation about what we haven't done or what that time we lost it and yelled at the kids. And, hey, we're all human. We don't perfect parenting at all. So I want to just say to our dads today. You're doing better than you think you are. You're awesome. Yeah, put your hands together for our dads. Be encouraged today. And you can always turn things around. And if there is things that you regret doing, you can, you can go, okay, I'm going to be that loving, encouraging person. I'm going to speak life. And spiritual dads over young people in church life, you can bring so much encouragement and love and call them up to purpose and calling. Young people need that. There's so much criticism, negativity, and just uh, identity crisis that being a spiritual dad, you can speak into the lives of young people. So let me encourage you in that today. Um, Dan Best, where are you? I thought I saw you earlier. He's on the sound desk, but I just got a word for you today, actually, Dan. I like just met your brand new daughter, which is very exciting. And I saw you on the big screen at conference and sharing your story. Thanks to you and Ash for doing that. But uh, what I saw is a sword in your hand, Dan. And I know that you're a bit of a, a military man and you've had training and all the rest of it, but it's a sword of the Word of God. And I see just this power coming on you as you pray and spiritual strength being released over you because the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. It is so powerful. And as I see you just like going to prayer, going to warfare, just leaning into them, as you take up this sword, you get stronger and you get more powerful with the Word of God on you. As you pray, you just develop this authority and I see that on you. I see you leaning into prayer. And I just release that over you today. In the name of Jesus, the power of God is on you. A spiritual anointing and authority in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Actually, I have another word for this lady that's sitting next to Ash in the jacket. Yes. Oh, hi. Beck, awesome. Beck, I just wanted to encourage you today in your faith journey. And I don't know anything about you and... I, 
don't know. <laughs> God knows. Uh, but I just feel like God's saying uh, He's got it worked out. And sometimes it looks different than what we think it's going to look. And the scripture that um, He gave me was just His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. In fact, as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, the scripture says, so are His ways far above your ways and His thoughts are far above your thoughts. And that to me is just saying sometimes it looks different than we think it's going to look because we pray a certain way and we we think we see it all working out this way, but then God answers it in a different way and you go, ah, oh, that was God. I know it was, but it's so different. So it's just a trust journey for you. It's just, a, okay, lean into the whatever it is, God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to go to faith and I'm just going to trust you that it's going to eventuate the way that you want it to. So I just pray that over you. Thank you, Jesus, that you've got answered prayers for Beck. I thank you, God, that you open heaven over her. Lord, that you open doors for her, Jesus. Lord, that you close doors that aren't right, Lord. Lord, but that you bring to pass the fulfilment of her dreams and her visions in Jesus' Name. Amen. Bless you. Awesome. So great. Okay, so back to our series, Our Father in Heaven. Uh, So it's what is our image of God? What is our image of the Heavenly Father? Is He there ready to discipline us and take us out and say, you're not doing that right? Or is it a loving, embracing, forgiving, encouraging, caring, kind, patient? Oh, He's so patient. Uh, And so... Let me just revisit, okay, just through this series, because take us a while to unpack it. We're doing a four-week series. It's not something that you can just sort of hit one week and then just go, okay, hopefully this has helped. But what we're wanting to do over a four-week period is to really unpack what is our image of God and how can we receive the love of God in a new way? What are we looking through a filter of our own experiences with our Father and how that affects how we receive the love of the Father? We're going to unpack this in Connect groups. So lean into that. Go on this journey. We've got some books that we're recommending and I'll just pop them up there on the screen uh, because these are just going to, there's some resources to help you just to deep dive into this because uh, we can't do it alone. We need each other, which is why we're doing it in Connect group. But these are awesome. I've just been reading this, My Father's Son by Wayne Alcorn, who's uh, president of the ACC in Australia, um, former Youth Alive director. And uh, that's talking about his personal journey with his relationship with his dad. He's helped men all over the nation just to unpack some hurt in their life. Finding Father is amazing. It's like a 12-book workshop that took me two years. So I don't know, I think I'm an underachiever in that regard. But uh, that actually really unpacks... Uh, deep diving into the different sorts of types of fathers that we've had and how we can unpack uh, the hurt that that has caused us and how we can see God, how we can hear Him because of um, working through really deep diving into hearing from God. And perfect father, Louis Giglio, you might have seen God as a perfect father. So again, those are some resources that you can um, look at, you can get it online and just work through at your own pace. It can take a while, that's okay. So today we're talking about healing our father wounds. Father wounds come from lack of love uh, in your family, lack of affirmation, lack of blessing from your father. 
before I was a pastor, I was a nurse. And I would uh, used to work as a midwife. But before I was a, uh, trained to be a midwife, I worked in the gynaecology, oncology ward in Brisbane. And ah, just there's a few memories that stick with me. One was this lady and uh, she had this terrible wound that needed healing. But my job was to go in there and clean out that wound every day. And it caused her incredible pain. And I just remember she was an older lady. She would just grab onto my hand, just sort of like stop doing that. But she knew it had to be done because what had to happen was this wound, if it got left like that, would just get infected. And then it would just grow and be more painful for her. So she knew that going through this painful process as horrible as it was, was going to actually help her and cleaning it out and cleansing and even packing it. And that wound got smaller and smaller until it covered over and then became a scar, which was a sign of the wound that she'd had, but it wasn't as painful. There was an infection there. And this is what we're going through with healing our father wounds. There's things that have happened to us that they've caused us pain. And sometimes we just want to cover it up and not touch it and leave it alone but it's just going to fester. And then it just gets nudged a little bit and you wonder why you just fly off the handle all of a sudden because you've just been triggered by this wound that's so painful that you don't want anyone to touch it. Or maybe you just, oh, you respond out of rejection or inferiority because there's this trigger that's happened because there's a wound in our life and we just don't want to unpack it. We don't want anyone to touch it, but it's there. This is what we're talking about today. Sometimes we have, uh, well, focus on the family. I don't know if you've heard of this resource. It's an incredible uh, resource for family, for marriage, for parenting. Focus on the family. It's been around for decades. You can listen to podcasts, read different uh, books on it. But they talk about uh, this exact thing, father wounds. And one of the things that stops people from getting healing from father wounds is pride. I'm okay. There's actually nothing wrong with me. I'm all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I have a degree in pride, actually. But now that I have worked through a lot of it, I feel like, no, I didn't get a degree. Maybe I had a subscription to it and now I've cancelled the subscription, okay? Because I actually don't want it anymore. It's like, yeah, I feel like that was a generational thing, actually. And for me, it was like, nothing wrong with me. I'm all good. I don't need to, uh, I don't need help. Uh, let me tell you about my family. My dad is, uh, well, he passed away when I was in my 20s. But he was an awesome dad. He had strengths. He had weaknesses, as we all do. He was saved just before I was born, uh, which was awesome because then I grew up in a Christian family. And he grew up, a, I mean, he became a strong Christian man. And he had a lot of love and he was proud of us kids. And he would tell us that, which is amazing. Uh, he was an editor of magazines, which is where I think I get that whole proofreading thing. Uh, he was a crossword compiler for cryptic crosswords. I mean, who does that? It's like, I could, he tried to teach me. I, I like, I can't even. That's really hard. He wrote a book. Kat was telling me about reading a book the other day. Uh, he was strict. He was very authoritarian. He was a disciplinarian. If you uh, think parenting types, he was the sergeant major. 
my way or the highway. You cross the line, you'll know about it. And so as much as there was love there in that, in that environment, there was very much an authoritarian, uh, very, he was always right. Even so much that people feared him. They would sort of be like, is he joking? It's like, no. No, he's not joking. Like, <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to muck around with him. He was. At, our family was attending a church that was very religious, very legalistic, very authoritative, and this is where it came into our family. So, what happened was my view then of God was affected by that, because I came to view God through a filter of fear. And, and this is where I'd be like, oh, I'm not sure I want to hear the voice of God because he's just going to say, you shouldn't have said that. Why did you do that? Why didn't you pray last week, last month, whatever? And he would just be like trying to whip me back into line because of the experience that I'd had with my natural father. And so I had to go on this journey of going, is God not like that? If I, if I incline my ear to hear the voice of God, is it going to be loving? Is it going to be encouraging? Is it going to be kind? I had to go on this journey. See, the wounds that we've had will affect our relationship with God unless they're healed. Father wounds can come from different types of fathers, maybe an absent father. And they call, and Wayne calls this the empty seat at the table. Maybe there was pain and dysfunction when the father is at home. Maybe a broken home, a neglected home. Abusive home, a controlling home. A.J. Jones, who wrote this Finding Father book, she couldn't relate to an image of a loving father. Her father committed suicide when she was 19 and it wasn't a happy family before that. She talks about father wounds can come from passive fathers, from performance-oriented fathers, from authoritarian fathers. There are good fathers too out there as that she refers to. So we all, Father, all people have gaps. We all have gaps. So there's things that have happened in your life and in our life that we have an experience with that affects our view of God. Maybe it's from a religious experience and we can get wounds from that. Like I talked about, a legalistic church which misrepresents God. My parents were part of that for over a decade. Maybe from authority figures that uh, you think will treat you differently or even pastors. I don't know your story. I don't know who your dad was or who who they weren't. I don't know your pain or your experience, but I know that God is perfect. There are no gaps with God. He is faithful. He is true. And he's the same yesterday, today and forevermore. So today I just want to talk about how can we find healing Because if there are gaps, if there are filters that we're looking at God through, then we want, I want to lean into healing. I want to get to a place where I can say, yes, that wound has been healed. It's been flushed out. We'll pray for that today. Just some flushing away of some of those wounds, those hurts, that pain that's caused it. So it can become a scar. We can see a scar. We can see there was a wound once there, but it doesn't hurt anymore. So the first thing that is a way that we can find healing is to understand the heart of God, understanding the nature of who God is. You know, my morning prayer right now, every day, is I come into the presence of God. Good morning. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, my Father God. I come into your presence. I come into your Holy of Holies. I come into your secret place. Come into your throne room. 
you know what I find there? I find an embracing father. I find a God who's just like, ah, yes, she wants to spend time with me. He's loving, he's accepting, he's affirming, he's approving of me. And that's what I find when I come into this beautiful sacred place of the throne room of God. Romans 15 verse 7, it says, Therefore accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us for the glory of God. See, He has accepted you. He's accepted you. You're not perfect, no, but He accepts you. You come into that place knowing that you're accepted. See, the images that I, of God that I had to change was of that judgmental God or that unforgiving God that He remembers everything I've ever done wrong. He's unforgiving but the slate's been wiped clean. I don't need to come back and remind him of all of the things I've done wrong because he's already wiped it. There's love and acceptance when we're not perfect. He is kind. It's a safe place. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, we wanna introduce you to God, the loving Father who does accept you, who does forgive you. And in every service, we give an opportunity where you can pray a prayer, just say, God, I don't want to do life my way. I want to do it with you. And I'm sorry for things that I've done wrong. Lord, help me to live your way. And we'll be doing that in this service. See, God wants to pour love into us. He wants to saturate us with love and acceptance. He wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you. You are His beloved son. You are His beloved daughter. That's what He wants to say to us today. This is the nature of God. So even right now as I'm speaking and there's things going on in the inside of you and I don't know what it is, but God knows. Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life, to speak truth, to allow things to come up, to recreate your image of God. So that's the first thing, understanding the nature or the heart of God. The second is to invite Jesus in to that the wounds, into the wounds because Jesus is a healer. He's a healer. By His stripes, the Bible said, we were healed. By the stripes, by His wounds, we were healed. He wants to come to bring healing into your life and maybe into your heart. And maybe there is brokenness. Maybe there is pain there. He wants to bring healing and touch your life. So being honest about the wounds. Denial only hurts us and other people. Suppression just keeps it all plugged up. Ask God to show you, what is it in me? What's happened? I went on this journey at one point, I was talking to a counsellor and that night I had a dream and it literally showed me something that had happened when I was 17 years old at my school and and things that I was going after to achieve and get acceptance from my parents and, and my teachers. And I saw that in a dream and it was God speaking to me. So ask God to show you. He can show you in multiple different ways. We all need help that transcends human ability. We need God's help. With His help, broken hearts can be healed, fractured relationships restored. Psalm 147 verse 3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's His nature, only if we allow God in. Only if we allow 
him to wash stuff off us and cleanse out that wound. Just like the lady in hospital that I was doing that wound dressing on, it's painful, but it's part of a healing process and can bring you to a place of healing and restoration. So invite Jesus into the wounds. And number three is forgiveness. Oh no, not forgiveness. Oh my gosh. It's hard to do that. You don't feel it, right? You need to ask for help from God because there's a grace available from Him to help you forgive so that you get set free. Ephesians 4 verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. We've all been forgiven. I don't know what of and I don't need to know. You know what you've been forgiven of. But He's forgiven you. So He extends that grace towards you. And He's asking that we extend that grace towards others. So you don't have to feel forgiveness to make a choice to forgive. This is one of the things that I grew up thinking. It's like, only if people say they're sorry, then I'll forgive. Like I just had this misconception. And so if people didn't say that was, and that was a pride thing as well. If they don't say sorry, then mm-mm. Not getting forgiveness. Well, who did that keep locked up? Me, right? It was just like this light bulb moment. One day it was just like, no way. You can forgive them even though they haven't apologised. Get out. Change my life. Oh my gosh. It's like those, uh, you know, TikToks. I I was today years old when I discovered that you don't have to be apologised to, for those who were young and watched TikTok. Uh, (laughs) I see the lights going on for some people today, actually. I was today years old when I realised that that's the reason I get so angry, because there's unforgiveness in my heart. That's the reason why there's so much resentment in me and bitterness, and I just want to change, but I don't know how. There's a light bulb moment going on today. Oh, I feel the presence of God on that. This is why I have trouble hearing from God because I have a wrong image of God because of what's happened to me in my life. Forgiveness starts a journey of healing. Matthew 18 verse 21 and Peter's coming and saying, God, how many times do I need to forgive them? Someone who sins against me. Seven times? Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times or 70 times seven, like just infinite, just over and over and over and over again. Because it's a choice that you go, okay, I'm I'm choosing to forgive my dad, my authority figure, someone that's hurt me. I'm choosing to forgive them, to let that pain go. Even though I don't feel it, I don't feel any different. I pray a prayer like, God, help me to let it go. But when you do that over And over and over again, something changes in you. Something changes in your heart. Something changes in the way you see them. Something changes in just letting that pain out. Forgiveness is huge. Keep going until you feel it. Ask for memories to be forgotten. Because sometimes we can relive it and we can can rehash. And it just keeps this angst alive in us. But it's like, okay, God, help me just to forget that memory. Help me to forgive and forget. I can do that. My prayer today is that you'll 
inch closer to forgiveness and the freedom that forgiveness brings. Can I ask the band to come up and uh, be with me as we close this up? Because we're going to have a little bit of a time of prayer. So the three things today. Forgiveness is key. Forgiveness is key. Allowing God to come into our wounds and bring healing. Understanding the nature of God. This is our Heavenly Father, our Father in Heaven. See, forgiveness is letting go. Letting go, it's relinquishing that right to justice. Holding on to offence and hurt, it shapes, eventually shapes who we are. Sometimes releasing that pain is writing things out, journaling, writing a letter that you don't send but just really shares your whole heart and the pain. See, letting the pain go allows you to lean more into God. God. 